Hey everyone, welcome back to Porcelain Peak. Um, one of your hosts, Anthony. A um, little change of plans from last week. Randy had some prior business engagements, so he will not be joining us this week. Instead, I have a good friend of mine, John Brasher. John, how you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad, man. I want to say thanks for doing this with me. Um, format's still going to be the same. We're going to talk about those seven movies that we gave you last week. My four are the same. John's three will be a little bit different from Randy's. So we're going to start, go through those. After that, going to talk about some real-life um, accounts of some spooky stories. And after that, we'll give you the set of the next seven movies that we're going to be watching. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So the first one that I watched was a movie called Splinter. Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, what's the What's it about? Um, it's about this sort of organism, I guess, that inhabits other creatures, hmm. and so it's like a spike. And if it pokes you, then it's able to like become a part of you, and then it controls you. So it's almost like a parasite in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it starts off like it kills roadkill, and then somebody hits it, you know. So now spikes are in their tire. And now they go, hey, what's going on? And then they get it, and then it takes them over. And it makes them do crazy stuff. And it gets pretty gruesome. Uh, at one point, the spikes start piecing together people's bodies to make like this sort of like crab-like oh person. Um, and it's had some other like twists and turns, but it's pretty good. Uh, horror films in general, for me, uh, atmosphere. So as far as atmosphere is concerned, these movies all uh, create a great atmosphere in different ways, uh, and all three of them use them to varying levels of success as far as the movie is concerned as a whole. Uh, the first movie that I'm going to talk about was one that came out in theaters uh, last week or the week before, Hellfest. So this movie creates a really great atmosphere, and it takes an interesting premise, and I feel like it squanders it pretty hard. Um, <laughs> I don't the one where it's like a like almost like a universal haunted house. Somewhat, yeah. It's a little. It's it's dialed up all the way to eleven for sure. Um, there's a section of the story where they have them sign waivers so that they, we could be touched by the actors. Okay. Uh, so it's definitely like like hardcore type stuff. You're right. As like I said, it is kind of like that. You know that horror nights type deal. Like it's a. An amusement park that's all just horror stuff. There are actors everywhere who are doing different types of like horror tropes. But it doesn't use any really big-name people. And the characters themselves, they're just not likable. <laughs> and that's it's always a bad thing. It's like when you're rooting for the killer to do things, like it's always a bad sign. That's the best. <laughs> I think, isn't that the Friday the 13th formula? I mean a little <laughs> bit, yeah. But I mean, but the killer in that is compelling. Yeah. Like this is, uh, this is definitely not like a Michael Myers or or a Jason type situation, you know, where you have that slow moving killer who's constantly following you. Like it doesn't have that same punch because the killer just doesn't have. It just it's it's weird. It doesn't work. And uh, Bear McCreary from Walking Dead fame does the music for this, and mm. the music's probably one of the better parts because it matches the tone of the the big colorful over the top haunted houses and mazes and all this stuff. Yeah, but it. It tries to build tension, but for whatever reason, the way that they set things up and the way that it was directed just didn't build that tension. 
It was unf- unfortunate. I felt like it had like a, a interesting premise, you know, basically someone hiding in plain sight in a in a haunted house, but not executing it very well. And that was yeah. my biggest gripe with it. That is really interesting because yeah, they could it could be one it could be anybody. Yeah. And they could kill anybody. It could be more than one person. It could be everybody. Yeah. When well, after after I saw that one, I I looked it up and I guess there was another movie that came out earlier this year that had a similar premise that I guess did a better job. Um, I'll have to look up the name of it. And I might actually just add it to add to the list of movies that I'll watch for next week. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed because it was one that the trailers looked pretty decent. I don't know if it's just being uh, someone who's in that elder millennial territory where I'm like <laughs> towards the back end, yeah, you know, um, fastly approaching thirty. <laughs> so. Uh, watching the younger millennial crowd or even into the next generation after that, watching them be all about their phones and and uh, the, sling, the slang and the lingo that they use, I'm not super into it. So it makes those characters just kind of feel like crappy people on the internet that I don't want to listen to. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Uh, and I feel like the characters weren't acted well. It's definitely schlocky and it definitely has that, you know, the horror tropes in, you know, Pound for pound, all the way up there at the top, <laughs> but it just doesn't work. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I was interested in it, but then I was thinking about it, and it's a horror movie, and it came out in September, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense if it's about to be October, which is the prime season for that kind of stuff, so I think they knew. Yeah, and, and that's interesting, because, I mean, one of the movies that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit uh, is more of the horror sci-fi genre, and it was released way earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, but... That movie is excellent, and like I said, we'll talk more about it uh, when when we get around to that section. This one just it it was just kind of kind of crummy. It felt like it was a a rush project, and it just didn't have a lot of a lot of oomph to it. Well, speaking of uh, movies and theaters that didn't have a lot of oomph, the next one on my list is The Nun. Oh, did you get a chance to see that? I did not, and part of it was because I heard some really awful things about it. I feel like it was just a cash grab because the nun was scary, so they wanted to capitalize on people being into that, just like they did with Annabelle. Yeah, there was basically no plot to it. Like, there's no—I mean, I guess there's a plot, but there's not really a story. Mm-hmm. You know, I left was like, okay, and it wasn't really scary. You know, horror movies usually do that opening scene where it's kind of like we're setting you up for what this movie's <laughs> going to be like. That had me like done i i mean honestly i was pretty bored i almost fell asleep a couple times in the theater a little connection to the other films um but not much not worth writing home about now the nun is from the the conjuring franchise correct yeah yeah Yeah, and that's that's pretty disappointing the last entry of that was actually pretty solid um annabelle creation actually i like that a lot yeah yeah i really Um, enjoyed that film there i mean it definitely had its problems yeah i mean nothing's been as good as the first conjuring up to this point but that movie was probably the closest to. Um, I was thoroughly uh, surprised by that movie because I expected it to be pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it was a prequel of a spinoff yeah. of the franchise. <laughs> it, and, uh, it did, I mean, yeah, it didn't disappoint. It was way better than the original Annabelle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Annabelle was boring. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. And it made no sense. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, like, they don't really explain much. It doesn't give you more. It doesn't give you that much of the nun, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the killer... Using them minimally works better. <laughs> it almost kind of reminds me in uh, some of the other larger horror franchises. Like, if you think about Halloween, 
you know, Halloween was a great film. It, you know, helped kick off a genre of horror films. Um, and then Halloween 2 was... Yeah. And then, uh, and then you have Season of the Witch. And that movie is excellent. I, but I don't, th- well, I don't no. know if people thought that at the time. Yeah. I think it later became yeah. that people appreciated it more. And I'm, I mean, I'm one of those. I, I love that movie. Yeah, it's an excellent film. And I feel like um, Insidious is running into that problem. They're doing too much with that franchise. It's like they, they were successful with the first movie. And then it's just diminishing returns over and over and over again as they continue to try to stretch this story out further than it needs to be. Yeah. You know, and you start to get to the point where they're like, oh, let's just zero in on one character and we'll talk about that one character. But it doesn't make enough sense to work. As far as The Nun goes, I guess one thing that they did well was they didn't try to make it work too much with The Conjuring. It is very much its own film. It's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. It's just Mm -hmm. a side story that relates to it wasn't really worth it. I don't know. I feel like they're just capitalizing on what James Wan did yeah. to, to try and get us in seats. And I guess it worked. But... <laughs> hey, your butt was in the seat. That's all they were looking for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. What's next for you, man? All right. So the next one on my list is going to be a movie that uh, does a different style of atmosphere uh, as compared to Hellfest. Hellfest is this big, wide-open area, and it feels like it's so expansive and it's so remote. That you have this, you have a tension that's built just because the person could be anyone. Um, yeah. This movie has a similar premise, but it makes it feel a lot more claustrophobic. Um, it follows. Mm. Uh, it was a movie that came out a couple of years ago. I missed out on it when it came out in its original theatrical run, so I decided, you know, now's the perfect time to watch it so I can talk about it. I don't know if it went super wide oh no it was it was a very limited run yeah uh, that like i said it missed me completely <laughs> um but that movie was excellent it does a great job of creating an atmosphere around almost nothing like yeah like the whole concept is that there's this thing that's passed around from person to person and it takes it takes a well-known horror trope and it turns it into its own like original concept you know the the thought that if you're hooking up, you're going to get killed. You know, it's been around in, hor- in horror since, what, the 70s, 80s? Oh, it's yeah. been around for a long time. That concept is a big-time trope that they, <laughs> they talked about a lot in Scream and, you know, the subsequent uh, sequels to that. But this one takes that to the umph degree. There's something that when you hook up with someone, it's passed from person to person, and then it goes to hunt that person down and kill them. The fact that it's able to shapeshift and take the form of literally anything is pretty ridiculous. Like I said, it's a similar concept in that way to yeah. Hellfest that it could be anyone. This time, like I said, it could be anyone, but it's also only visible to you. So no yeah. one knows what's happening. Super atmospheric. Like I said, it felt very claustrophobic and very tight-knit in those situations where the tension was being built and someone's being chased by a creepy person pissing their pants or, you know, like just... Yeah. Yeah, like, or the... There's that scene where that giant guy is, like, in the doorway. Yeah. Yeah, and that guy, that's a real guy. Yeah. He's just that tall. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they just do so much with so little, Mm -hmm. and I felt like that that movie didn't have a lot of flaws, which was important for that type of a film. Um, I think it depends on who you ask. Yeah, I mean... I know people hate it. Some people hate it. It's it's definitely something where it's divisive. It's a lot slower paced than you would run yeah. into with some horror films because a lot of things like people get 
people get spoiled by slasher movies, as I'm wearing a shirt that says slasher on it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, how quickly paced those things are and how quickly things move along. Yeah. But I feel like there's there's something to be said about the slow burn. Well, it's a different kind of horror. Yeah. But equally as effective. Exactly. I mean, I mean you can argue that slashers aren't really that scary, especially I, anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, the early, early ones, I mean... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is technically a slasher, but that one, oh, man, that's terrifying because of how visceral it is. Yeah, how gritty. Uh, yeah, but, like... in Halloween, too. Yeah, Halloween. Uh, but, like, some of the later entries into Halloween, not so scary. Yeah. You know, definitely, once they start bu- started building a list of tropes that a lot of them were hitting, it just... Checking boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost got to Halloween today on, on 4K, and then I was like, well... I feel like that movie needs to be watched on VHS. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it adds, the grittiness adds to, to the movie. It makes it almost seem like an old, old PSA or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it follows. Um, the only part for me that I wasn't super thrilled about was the, like, ending pull scene. I don't want to get into it too much for mm-hmm. anyone that hasn't um, seen it, but I didn't love it. It was interesting. I felt like it was... Well shot, yeah, and they they made it scary. Oh, I mean that that scene is 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 pretty terrifying. But I do see like it felt like it had a really hard climax, yeah. Which for a horror movie, especially one that if it wants to ever become a series of horror films, you can't have like a hard definitive ending. And I know yeah. that they that there's there's a little tidbit there at the end of the film that gives you like a like a maybe. Kind of yeah. situation, uh, but like I said, it's definitely something that's that's worth watching. You know, uh, go in expecting something not crazy fast paced, something that's going to build a lot of tension and that does a pretty good job of paying off that tension. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I remember leaving the theater and it was like that was weird, and then walking at the time I was living in an apartment complex, walking through like the halls. Oh, yeah. And toward the, toward the end of the hall, like, looking back and just getting the chills because I was like, is somebody, is it following? You know what I mean? And I was like, okay. So I felt like after that point, I was like, yeah, that movie worked for me. Yeah. Because it had me, like, feeling it later. And I, fe- I think that that was what they were going for. Was wasn't like, I'm going to scare you immediately now. Yeah. But you're going to be messed up on the way home. Yeah. And it did. It did that for me. So what's next on your list? All right. For me, the next one I have is a movie that was on Netflix. I'm trying to do streaming or only in theaters. Um, movie on Netflix called Veronica. Mm. It's a Spanish horror movie. Uh, either by the same by the same makers of Wreck. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I, I've seen Wreck. Yeah, um, loved Wreck. Yeah, Wreck is excellent. Um, uh, Wreck 2, also pretty excellent as well. <laughs> um, I've, seen, I've, I've seen all four. and Oh, yeah. I liked them. Like, but you know, Wreck One and Two are definitely better than Wreck <laughs> Three and Four. Um, I like the direction that Three went in because it was it changed the formula. Mm-hmm. Where it was kind of like this is found footage, but also shot regularly. Yeah, I don't know what you want to call that, but yeah, um, but yeah, definitely one of the weaker installments in the franchise. But so Veronica is about a group of girls that hold uh, seance. Mm. And then weird stuff starts happening to to one of them, um, the one that like initiated it. Oh, uh, okay. 
I didn't I didn't love it. I wanted to love it. I heard great things, mm-hmm. and so I think I was one of those times where I built it up in my head a lot. Yeah. And I held it higher than I wanted to, and since I love Rex so much, I was hoping that they were going to be on the same page. So for me, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't super disappointed. And I just watched the nun, so at that point I was like, yeah, what, yeah what, what's gonna, what's gonna like be worse than that? You <laughs> yeah. know, at the time, yeah, they did some different stuff. They had relationships going, so there's a lot more than just like ghosts popping up here and there. Mm-hmm. The stuff going on with uh, the main girl and her mom and the kids, and I think there's probably more to unpack than I have since I watched it. It's also hard for me to watch a subtitled horror movie it it does draw away from the tension yeah. a little bit just because you know if you're reading and then you're looking up at the screen and you're reading and you're looking exactly. at the screen it can sometimes take you out of it but i mean there are also things to be said about things being watched in their original language uh wreck is a perfect example of that because uh, wreck one and two were great but their english language counterparts the first one was okay and the second one was pretty rough you're talking about quarantine yeah quarantine was interesting yeah the sequel to Quarantine was hot garbage. Which isn't a remake of no, it's Rec not a, 2. Yeah, it's not a yeah, remake of weird. Rec 2. They just took it in a different direction. It didn't work nearly as no. well. Because Rec 2 is, is great. Because it takes that same concept from Rec and then just shows you a different vantage point. Yeah. And I love that. That yeah. concept is amazing to me. I mean, you could almost splice them together and make a super cut and make a <laughs> massive much. movie. And that would be entertaining as well. What's cool about Rec 2 is like... The build-up from the first one, like you were saying, like, it could just be the next installment. Like, it's just, you just go in. Yeah. So everything's already gone haywire. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, yeah, Veronica, it was fine. Um, I wasn't super sold on it. But, yeah, it had had a creepy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I was very distracted. Because when I, when I watch movies like that, or any horror movie, really... I like to really immerse myself. I want to feel it because I want I want to get scared. That's oh, why yeah. I watch this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 100% agree. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I would, mm. I'd probably watch it again. Yeah. It definitely sounds like something that I'd like to check out. I mean, especially considering, you know, that there are other people who give it who are giving it a glowing review. I know that sometimes you can be a little hypercritical. <laughs> um, but like I said, we usually share pretty similar opinions. You just yeah. like when something turns you off, it really turns you off. Yeah. Whereas when something turns me off, I'm like, but we'll go a little bit further. We'll see. We'll see if it can make up for it. <laughs> I, I usually give it the benefit of the doubt. All right, man. So what is your last one for this week? So this one's the one I'm most excited to talk about. It's a movie that came out earlier this year uh, starring Natalie Portman, Annihilation. Okay. Now, this movie, it takes the atmosphere concept that I'm working with for the entire week, and it turns everything up. I mean, it it creates this big open environment, and everything is so beautiful and haunting all at the same time. And it takes this concept of a, you know, an alien invasion and also, like, like a body horror-type suspense film, Mm -hmm. and it just... It creates all these new concepts, and it just pushes them all into the center. And it takes a previously created property and makes it into this really ambiguous science fiction horror story that I love. Um, that that bear. Oh my hate god, thing, dude! Oh terrifying. my god, so good. That terrifying. scene. That scene like caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. I put that 
as the background on my phone. <laughs> like, that thing, that thing's so scary. It's, it's the sound, though. Yeah. The sound oh, yeah. is what gets you. And but, I love that, too. Like, um, I don't know if anyone out there hasn't seen that, but the whatever it is mm-hmm. can imitate other people's voices. So even if it was a bear, it can still have, like, a human voice coming out of it. And that's super cool. Yeah. And, again, terrifying. Yeah, like I said, and I don't know if I've seen anything similar to that as far as, like, a concept is concerned. It has all these different messages that it brings through its main characters because it's a group of, I believe it's five women? Mm-hmm. It's either four or five. Uh, and they're sent into this place called the Shimmer. And the Shimmer is... This area that's been taken over and is slowly growing in size. It's taking over little by little this one city. Yeah. And when it takes over, it takes all of the life in that area, plant life, animals, uh, and it turns them into these weird amalgamations. And it creates these beautiful creatures and it creates these absolutely nightmare fuel, just horrible creatures as well. And... Man, it was just, like I said, the atmosphere it was so tense, and there were parts where I where I screamed out loud, which is not very common for me, <laughs> being a person that actually enjoys horror movies. Yeah. Um, and there were parts where, like, I got teary-eyed. Like it, like, it just runs the gamut of emotions, and I love that about that movie. It packs so much punch in so many different ways. And it's got, it's got some mystery to it, too. Oh, yeah. We don't get, you don't get anything, really. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and I know that... Um, Alex Garland is the director, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Um, he did Ex Machina and some other excellent films. Uh, but I kind of wish he would keep going because this is a three part story, mm-hmm. but he made it into one thing. He left it at an ambiguous ending, you know, typical Alex Garland fare. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wish that he would pick up the story and keep moving. I, like heard, I heard he's not. Uh, that's not his style. You know, yeah. he's the kind of person who, when he told, tells a story, he says everything he wants to say and he walks away from it. And that was my only disappointment for this. Is I just wanted more. I want to see what happens. I want to. I want to go through the trilogy because it. Yeah. I, I after watching the movie, I read the book Annihilation. Oh, nice. And it. The movie was better, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he left out some fluff. Okay. And he took more parts of the movie and made it more mysterious and more terrifying, and just played these characters up and made them all their own thing and yeah. it was just it was great performances all around and i thoroughly enjoyed that movie my favorite scene though when they're watching the video mm-hmm. and they show that guy get cut open oh my oh. god like i said that's the, definitely one of the segments that's more of the body horror like, type Ooh. oh my god it just it had this almost like cult kind of feeling yeah to it and it, it was just so visceral yeah i oh. like that movie is Incredible! If you haven't seen it, I couldn't recommend it more highly. Yeah, and it's perfect uh, fit for this show mm. since we are a blend of horror and sci-fi, <laughs> and it's just that. All right, cool. So then, my last one this week was a movie that I hadn't heard of, but it was streaming, and so I wanted to give it a shot. It's called Hell House LLC. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. I've heard about it. Um, yeah, I hadn't, so I wanted to check it out. So it's about this group of friends. And they run, like, a haunted house business, Mm -hmm. typically in New York. This year, they're going to a different town and opening it in an old abandoned hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're staying in the hotel while they fix it up to 
get to open for um, for an audience, basically. Yeah, and you know, every night weird stuff starts happening. The more that they stay there, the more stuff they set up. They have a lot of prop pieces, so it's kind of you know, like what's it going to be? <laughs> so, and similar to like, it could be anybody, it could be anything, it mm-hmm. could be any prop, it could be the butler guy holding a head on his silver platter or a clown or, you know, something like that. And then even if you see something, you're not sure that that's a prop or, or like a creature of some, of some sort, you know? Yeah. Um, it is found footage. I know that that's not super popular anymore because it got, you know, it killed itself. Yeah. It it got got way played out. I mean, you have something beautiful like Blair Witch that just perfectly encapsulates that, that feeling of it being almost, too real yeah and then everybody kind of beat it to death you've got you know the paranormal activities you know that's another yeah. series that had diminishing returns they, as it went along and they folded in on themselves the same yeah. way first one was cool yeah oh yeah i, I mean the first one had audiences terrified because they thought it was real yeah i even told people it was real i knew it wasn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's scarier um but yeah so i, I mean i loved hell house llc i i watched it with the lights off <laughs> really, really freaked me out, um, and there's a little bit of mystery to it because it's it's documentary style. Yeah. So it's someone telling the story of what happened, and they're trying to get to the bottom of it. Mm. So then, you know, after that story finishes, their story continues about what they're investigating and stuff like that. It's kind of like Halloween, where they don't tell you a lot about the shape. Yeah. Where you just get what you get, and that's scarier, you know. And they they don't give you. They don't give you anything, really. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's a, it's a sign of a good film uh, when they show you things and don't tell you. Yeah, that's. I mean because that's if you have to telegraph things to people, that's how they don't turn out the way that you want them to. Yeah, that was part of the problem with Hellfest is okay. that Hellfest told you a lot of things and didn't show you a lot, which was unfortunate. Like it's like, oh, it talks about there being these different segments of the park as you go along and like that tells you that at the very beginning. So you know where the beats are gonna be. You know that when they go to quote unquote hell, that's where the climax is gonna be. Mm. That something's gonna happen and the main character is gonna meet up with the dude and that's how it's gonna go. Yeah. But a movie that's able to show you the things that it wants to do and show you those things in a way that's novel and that gives you those scares and gives you that legitimate terror and takes advantage of all of its parts, it it makes for a much better viewing experience, especially when it comes to horror. You should always show and never tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And that's what you're there to see. You're mm. there to see a movie, yeah. not hear a movie, you know, so to speak. Because um, obviously sound... Is a big factor in that stuff, but yeah, Hell House LLC loved it. Uh, acting was good. Usually with, or typically with found footage movies, you know, it's you're gonna it's gonna be hit and miss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I read that it's supposed to be part of a trilogy. Mm. Um, part two is actually on my list for next week. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. out too uh, and streaming. But yeah, I mean, I I'd recommend it if you like haunted house stuff, and you, if you're into found footage, it's not too bad mm. um I, yeah I, I mean i'd recommend it a lot yeah i mean i i might check it out this week and then uh we can talk a little bit more about it on yeah. the next episode i had to watch something happy before i went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> pop on moana or something <laughs> keeping things in that streaming uh streaming mentality all right so that's it for 
our seven movies this week. Um, next up, we're going to do some real-life accounts of some spooky stories. And then after that, we're going to give you our picks for next week. All right, so let's talk about some real-life accounts. Have you had any happen to you? Uh, not as far as... I, I mean, I've had some, some scary things happen, but I don't think I've ever had an, an encounter, you know, where I've, yeah. where I've ever been... <laughs> Stalked by some kind of a poltergeist, or I've needed to have an exorcism performed, or anything like that. Uh, but not, like I said, nothing specifically that's happened to me for sure. And the paranormal. Yeah, honestly, like me either. Really, the other day, I guess would be the closest thing that I could say happened. Um, I was leaving the house, and as I was, as I was walking out the door, the front door, I opened it, and then I heard another door in the house creak. And then I just left because I was like, <laughs> if something's in there, I'm not messing with it. I've just seen too many them, movies. <laughs> give them their space. Let them do what they need to do. If they're trying to drop a deuce, just call it good and walk away. Um, I do suffer from um, uh, from sleep paralysis. Oh. So a lot of people uh, say that those are some kind of a paranormal thing. Yeah. Well, I, I did just, I spaced it up until this moment in time. Uh, but I've never dealt with, like, the people say, like, they... They get night terrors that come along with them, yeah. where they'll have like demons sitting on their chest or stuff like that that keeps them in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I just know that I'm there. I know that I'm asleep and I should be awake, and like I can see everything in the room, but I can't move. Yeah. And it's it's pretty terrifying, but it's definitely not. I, I don't know if it's paranormal or not. It usually only happens if I sleep during the day and it's really t- like I'm really really tired and I didn't mean to fall asleep. I'll be like, oh, I need to get up. And if there isn't, like, an outside source that wakes me up, I just, I, I'll, sometimes I'll sit there for what feels like hours. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, definitely in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Until you start seeing that demon, <laughs> then that's just scary all around. But, speaking of demons, since neither of us have accounts, I'm going to read a story that I found on Reddit that is about a demon. The user was deleted, so I can't give a shout out to them. But I'll just go ahead and read it. Alright, so let me start by putting this out there. By no means am I trying to convince you of what I saw. But I wanted to share this experience I had recently. And this seemed like the best place to do it. It was three nights ago. I had just gotten off work around 3am. I worked 10 hour shifts, so naturally I was exhausted. But having gotten so used to my schedule, I was still alert and present. I live next to my grandparents, but since my cupboard usually stays bare and we're out in the middle of nowhere, they're kind enough to leave a door unlocked for me when I get home so I can grab something to eat before heading off to bed. During the night in question, I came home like usual and quietly slipped in through the back door to make my way to the pantry. My grandfather has a bad habit of falling asleep on the couch in the den, so I had to be sure to stay extra quiet as to not disturb him. As I'm passing through the den, I happened to glance in his direction, and when I did, it took a moment to register what I saw, and then it took everything in me to not scream. There, in the dim glow of the television screen, sat a small, winged creature, propped up on one of the arms of the couch, sitting in my grandfather's direction. Its body was hunched, tucked almost into the fetal position, but it was sitting straight up, hands resting on its knees. 
I froze, solid, and simply stared at the thing. It looked somewhat like your typical depiction of a demon, but its body was a solid black. Not hairy, not cast in shadow, but a solid pitch black. Offsetting its skin color were two long oval eyes and set of perfectly straight teeth, both piercing white. I didn't notice any horns, but its teeth came down to small points, and its little ears on either side of its head came up like spocks. Almost unconsciously, the bag I carried to work slid off my shoulder and hit the ground at my feet. The thing and I sat in silence, and it seemed to regard me for a moment before putting a bony finger up to its lipless mouth and making a I could feel my mouth quivering as I stared at this little thing, but I wouldn't have much longer to stare. The glow of the TV flickered as a jump cut happened in whatever was on, and in that brief moment of darkness, the thing was gone. Just like that, it had disappeared. There was no indication it had ever been there, or even an indentation where it sat, and I spent a solid half hour looking for anything to prove what I just saw was real. I never suffered any serious hallucinations or anything like that, and it felt just as real to me as anything else had ever happened. I slept in my grandparents' spare bedroom that night, admittedly too afraid to be alone in my own house. They didn't mind the next day, but I sort of half-heartedly explained, well, I was too tired to go to my own house, instead of telling the truth. But I'm really scared for my grandfather's life, or my own for that matter. I don't know if this was some creature intent on delivering an ominous warning, or it just felt like goofing around. I just don't know. So that's the end of that story. Um, but they... Some people commented and mm-hmm. said, Hey, tell your grandfather. Yeah. Um, so I guess the person did. And so this was their follow-up. I asked my grandfather in private today if he had ever heard or seen anything similar. And while he said that he himself had never experienced such, his mother, my great-grandmother had seen something similar throughout her whole life. A particular entity she started seeing later in life was a black dog carrying a flashlight in its mouth. Not exactly demonic, but I felt that it was worth mentioning. Wow. Yeah, so, I don't know about you, but that kind of gave me the chills. Yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely creepy, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but that, I feel like that's sort of similar to the demon that people describe when they do the, or when they have the paralysis. Yeah. It's like little, it's like yeah. a little imp. Yeah. It's not like it's a massive thing, but it's yeah. just enough to put a pressure on you. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That's strange. Um, I don't know what else it would be if not that and what, like where it went mm-hmm. if it wasn't something... Uh, paranormal in some sort of way because then they would like say it was a, a cat or a dog or a bird or something like that in the house then there would have been evidence of that to some extent right yeah so i don't know i mean i guess maybe the person was tired yeah but, I mean, like i said like i said it's it all just depends on how much you're willing to believe yeah you know it's 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 i mean it sounds far-fetched enough but i mean it it you know if it's if it's a real thing that's that's pretty terrifying Totally, and whether or not it happened, that person still felt it and yeah. believed it, and I feel like that's scary enough in itself. Yeah. 
All right. So did you have a, a story you want to share with us? Uh, so I found a story uh, that was also from a Reddit user. I don't think they're... Yeah, their name is not listed either, so sorry for not giving you credit. Um, <laughs> we tried. So this one is definitely shorter, but it definitely has... It shares a similar theme, the huh? grandparent theme. Um, so this one starts off, uh, My grandma lives in a very stereotypical horror movie house. Small Midwest town, white and old-looking home on a farm. Uh, she even has a chipped wooden Mary nativity in the front yard. She also has a cemetery about a half mile down the road. I used to sleep in the room in the corner on the top floor, which used to be my aunt's room, and it had a wooden rocking chair in it. When I was younger, I would wake up because I thought I heard it rocking to the point where I would wake up my grandma and have to stay in her room. About ten years later, my mom, aunt, and I were talking about how creepy her house was. Uh, My aunt went on to talk about how when when she was younger, the reason my mom and her ended up sharing a room was because she thought the room she was originally in was haunted. She said she woke up one morning and the rocking chair had moved closer to her bed by about two feet. And after that night, it would rock on a nightly basis at the strike of midnight. Wow. Yeah, that one gave me more chills. <laughs> uh, I feel like that was actually uh scene in another. Um, no, it was that movie with Daniel Craig. Oh, um, shoot. Black woman, something woman, or other? Woman in black. Yeah. <laughs> it's a black something or other. There black Panther. Go. That's the, We got it. That classic Daniel Craig horror movie, Black Panther. <laughs> yes, that one. There's a there's a rocking chair. And that. Anyway, yeah. No, that story was good. Um, that's super creepy. I would, I would love to see a follow-up to that to see if that continued or yeah. what they did about it. I have or, to um, dig in and search for that a little bit deeper. Yeah. I wonder if someone died in that house. That's always my question. When I was buying this house, I asked if anyone died here, and they said no. So <laughs> I already know it's not haunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wait, what was that? Oh, no. <laughs> All right, man. So that's going to be it for for this episode. Um, before we go, we're going to go ahead and list our seven for next week. I'm going to be watching a movie um, called Mayhem, and that one is... On Shudder. And if you're not familiar with Shudder, Shudder is basically Netflix, but only horror movies. And it's curated by people of the genre. They have original shows. They have actually a pretty cool talk show called The Core that has different people. Like, Leo Winnell was on it. They even had Danzig on an episode. Nice. Um, yeah. And they show you different effects and how they do them. And, yeah, I mean, if you're into horror then that's probably the talk show for you. Hashtag, anyway. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag could be an ad. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, I love it that much. Uh, Free plug. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So Mayhem's going to be on Shudder, and it has, I forget the actor's name, but he played Glenn in uh, The Walking Dead. He's the um, main guy. Stephen Wynn. Okay. Perfect. So Stephen Wynn's in it. And I don't know if it's so much scary. It's just more of, like, graphic. Um, so I'll be looking forward to checking that out. Like I said earlier, I'm going to be watching Hell House LLC 2, which is on Shudder and Prime. And then the last one I'm going to watch is a movie called Rabid by David Cronenberg. That's also on Shudder. It's an episode of um, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Hmm. So he intros the films, and then every so often, instead of like a commercial break, he'll pop up and... Uh, give you little tidbits about the movie throughout the whole thing so, oh, so it almost kind of has like a like a 
uh, horror version, not ri- not like riff tracks over the top, like a, like a mystery science theater kind yeah. of deal to it, but like spooky and serious. Yeah. And he knows a lot, so um, that's pretty I'll be dope. Forward to seeing that too. Yeah, and I haven't seen a ton of Cronenberg stuff, and so I know he's like the godfather of body horror. Yeah, so I'll be interested to check that out. What about you? What are you going to be watching? So uh, going in similar style for this week, I'd like to try to keep things based on a theme. Uh, it gives a little bit of connection to those movies, so I can kind of talk about them as a whole. And also talk about them as separate parts. So for this week, I want to do zombies. Uh, zombies are a big part of my childhood and uh, into my adulthood. I really enjoy the things that have happened in that genre. And there are definitely some things that I don't like as far as like now in, we're now that we're into the territory where zombies are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but there are definitely some really great things to, to watch. So I wanted to start off with... A couple things that you could pick up on streaming sites. So I want to do Dead Snow. It was one that I haven't mm. seen yet. I've heard great things about it. Love it. And then I wanted to do uh, Train to Busan. I believe it's a foreign film. That one's also on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. Um, and I, yeah, I love that movie. I actually recommended it to Randy, and, <laughs> and he loved it too. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, so I'll, I'll check those two out. And then the next two are movies that I've seen. Uh, but I, I don't know if they're necessarily available on a bunch of streaming sites. I know one of them is available on AMC currently, and they have a streaming service that goes along with if you have them as part of your package for your cable. Uh, 28 Days Later. Mm, classic. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Modern classic. But I'm, uh, I'm excited to kind of revisit and get a chance to talk about it. Yeah. And then... Uh, I wanted to do uh, Romero, because obviously, you know, he's he's the godfather of the zombies. Totally. So it's... I I would love to sit and talk about, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead, but I feel like those ones get talked about a lot because they are they are quintessential. Yeah. So I think I'm going to talk about uh, Day of the Dead. Okay. Uh, I feel like it doesn't get enough credit for what it does, and I'd really like a chance to revisit it and get a chance to discuss it. So I think those are going to be some good options. Yeah, I've only seen it the one time, so I'll be interested to have a little bit of back and forth with you on that one. All right, cool. So that's our seven for next week. Feel free to follow along. Um, After we talk about our movies next week, we are going to be reading some two-sentence horror stories. (laughs) And for that, I would like to invite you to a little challenge. So I will try to write one, and if you're into it, you can try to write one too. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, and we'll probably read some more off uh, the internet, probably Reddit, since they have a sub that's specifically for that. And we'll go from there. Awesome. Um, cool. So if you're into this episode or the podcast in general, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to us. And we'll be coming out with the next episode in about a week. Um, if you're interested in learning more, go ahead and visit us at wordsforweirdos.com slash porcelainpeak. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production.